Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. We're happy that you're joining us again as we continue to talk about all sorts of things in the Catholic world. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined, as always, by Josh Sullivan. Yeah, hello. Welcome to you. Thank you very much. And Matt Van Milligan. Welcome, Matt. Hello. Yeah, so uh, a little we, we talked already about um, uh, children yeah. and is having kids worth it. And I wanted to thank you guys because you guys shared your perspective of being fathers and raising children. Have you noticed that actually, I just want to say that when we recorded that and then this last week or two, it's actually come up a couple of times in newspapers about like China starting to worry about the birth rate and people are starting to worry about birth rate. Yeah. We're ahead of like social media. Right. Like, yeah. you know, I think they listen to the buzz. They start thinking, okay, that's what we're worried about. Yes. Let's write about it in the newspapers. I think there was a <laughs> balloon over our studio. <laughs> <laughs> they must have been listening in. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so uh, then we had this incident that happened. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard about, I'm, I'm sure you have, this uh, student. His name is Josh. <laughs> yeah, good name. Sounds like a good guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously knows his faith. <laughs> He's uh, a student at a Catholic high school in Renfrew, Ontario. So yeah. uh, the National Post reporting and all these different sources are reporting that the student was suspended from school, from a Catholic school, for defending Catholic teaching. In specifically around the area of gender, mm -hmm. right? I guess there was a debate going on. We don't know all the details, you know, and yeah. and really the school board has been uh, really quiet on releasing a statement. Same with the school, the actual school. So we're hearing his side of the story. Mm -hmm. yeah. But seems to be that he was suspended for these comments uh, saying that there is only a male and female God created males and females right so he was suspended and then i guess while he was suspended you know he went he back, came to school. back to school i guess on the monday mm -hmm. and because he was suspended he's considered trespassing. trespassing so they had him arrested so of course people like someone got arrested for defending the catholic faith i mean that's a, At a know, catholic he got school. arrested for trespassing that's okay? right so let's just be clear yeah. uh, but, but, but it, he did get suspended yeah as far as we know for defending the for defending the catholic, catholic faith. teaching at a catholic school and i think that kind of brings up if all the details that we have are true right this is a disturbing event uh to bring to kind of light that's that i mean um there there are there are things that are being said here that if they prove to be true Catholic teaching is not being upheld or taught at a Catholic school system. So what does that mean? Yeah, and that's exactly why I sort of bring it forward today yeah. because I think this is not an isolated incident. No. I, I mean, you know, you you both have been around the publicly funded Catholic school systems for those listening outside of Canada, like yeah. in, on, in our province, Catholic schools are publicly funded by the government, right? Uh, and oftentimes the Catholic school system sort of you know, make sure people know that, like, hey, we're publicly funded, so we have to rely on sort of what the government tells us to do. Yeah. Um, and we know that oftentimes the Catholic faith is not really upheld in uh, Catholic schools. That's really not the conversation we're having today, but it is noteworthy yeah. that gone are the days when people used to send their kids to Catholic schools and think that they were producing little Catholics. Catholics. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's a world. Oh, sorry, Matt. No, no, I was. Yeah. Saying, it, it certainly comes to bear because if, if our discussion today is a continuation on that, I mean, like, is it worth having kids? It's like, okay, what's what's step two of that? It's yeah. Like, yeah. What, what is it? What does it look like raising raising kids? Um, you know, that you you want to be faithful in a world that seems kind of increasingly 
um, may, may, uh, hostile is maybe uh, too harsh a word, but um, you know, uh, increasingly um, non-accepting of of you know the actual Catholic worldview, even in in uh, if you know if if this uh, turns out to be the case, you know, this represents a turning point for a lot of people's perception of the yes. publicly funded Catholic, Catholic school, school system. system. That it's like okay, now 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 we're <laughs> we're 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 not allowed in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It's, yeah, and I, I, honestly, I I think, and it's not just. You know, people will say, well, there goes Father Daniele criticizing the Catholic school system again. You know, and it's not just where I currently live in the, in the current school board. It's everywhere, like uh, talking with families and talking with people, my, my friends who are priests, uh, my, my Catholic friends uh, from all over the province. It's a it's a continuing, ongoing, repeatable story that their yeah. children uh, are are confronted with things that are opposite of the Catholic faith in Catholic schools, are and and their children are often looked at like the weirdos or the religious freaks, the religious or nuts, yeah. the religious nuts. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so here we go. Like, but what like what would you expect from a um, school board that does that is funded by the government yeah. that's a whole other conversation to have where yeah. the catholic church let go of these schools back uh, in the day in, in ontario anyways you know and they do rely on funding yeah i think yeah, yeah. i think it's important to note there are there are individuals in the schools that are good catholics that are good catholic teachers even they're sometimes Absolutely. far and few between but and they're fighting like we got to pray for them because they are far and few between but they are like doing their darndest and it's so like they're fighting an uphill battle f- almost on one side and only like they're not supported, you know? And so right. let's pray for those guys. Everybody that's listening to the podcast, let's like, like offer that up. But the second part of that, I think uh, we're coming away from a culture where the nuns and the priests used to run the schools. And yes. so you didn't have to worry about what was being taught there because it was being taught by a priest or maybe a sister who gave up her life for the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think what what we have is I call it a vicious triangle okay and so it's the triangle has the three points of learning that someone a a kid would have like my kids have three points of learning they have they have um, their faith through the church they can get their faith ideally through three different points which is the church so by going to church, they get taught through church, whether it be through the homilies or through activities, community And just events. prayer, being and, in worship. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and they pick up on stuff, right? And they can ask questions through their parents, which is me, my job as a parent, uh, first educator, that kind of thing. And then if I send them to a Catholic school, through the Catholic school system is where another place where they get faith. The problem I think that we have is that those three triangles all have an excuse and so what happens is that we have for instance let's use the catholic schools as an example the catholic school system goes whoa whoa, wait 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 we're catholic school for sure but i have to teach them math english phys ed this that and the other religion is one of those things i have to teach but it's it's one of those subjects that they can get other places they're not going to get math anywhere else so i need to make sure that i focus on these areas and then religion becomes a thing you know what i mean and and but then you have parents that go, well, listen, I send my kid to Catholic school. So it's not my job to teach them faith. I send them to Catholic school and the church knows where they are. Like they're stuck at school every day, all day. Like I work 24 seven. Like it's, it, you know, I work 40 days a week, 40 hours a week, sorry, whatever the case. I, I work all summer. Like if the, if the church and the school, Catholic school want to teach them about faith, that's great because I don't have the time. And then you have the church say, um, listen, we're not allowed in the schools or, or, or like they don't bring the, the 
students to us so we don't have a way to talk to these students and the parents don't bring them on Sunday and the teachers don't bring them and so like everybody seems to have an excuse it's a vicious triangle where it's the other two people's mm-hmm. responsibilities to raise faith the, the, whether like the parents believe it, blame the school and the church the school blames the, the church and the parents and like everybody whereas if we were to take out the Catholic school system altogether now you're left with the church and the parents and those are the only two ways that the kid's going to go faith I think we're at the point where parents have to start realizing that that's the case. And the church needs to realize that that's the case. That they that they potentially aren't receiving the type of education that you would have expected or maybe you received from the nuns or the yeah. or the priests and everything else growing up earlier on in other times. Um, I think the generation that's now having kids, mind you, uh, never necessarily received a full grade education either because that's no. the time that I went through school and of course. I, didn't, I didn't receive that. So I think that we, that's the time that we're kind of at and that's the time we have to start to understand. So parents have to realize when we're raising our kids by putting them in a catholic school doesn't mean anything it's just like putting them in a public school unfortunately at this point um and i say that as someone who went to public school all my life you know people are surprised by that when i say that that i went to public school and became a priest yeah (laughs) and became a priest you know and uh but uh and and my really my i mean i went to junior kindergarten senior kindergarten at catholic school and then we switched to the public system for the rest of our, our studies. But my first real experience with a Catholic school was when I was a seminarian. And my, my assignment was in a school. And, you know, it was bizarre for me to see a school with crucifixes everywhere. And I thought, wow, I was really excited, mm-hmm. you know. But in reality, it was just like my public school. Like there wasn't, it, it was like a public school with a crucifix on the wall or whatever it might be. You know? It's publicly funded. I mean, that's, exactly. and that's, and that's exactly. part of, I think that's, that's part of the place where we get our, our hands tied. Cause at one time the Catholic church yeah. was funding it, right? Yeah. They were the ones teaching and everything, but, it, but you, you, you raise a good point. So now what do we do? So we, we want parents to understand that it's, we have to stop thinking that yeah, I send my kids to Catholic school. They're learning about the Catholic faith. Let's just be honest. It's not happening. So how do how do we raise children in the Catholic faith without relying on the Catholic school? Yeah, right. So I, I think I think you you kind of nailed it. That you know parents need to recognize their role as 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 first educators because yeah. if we're if we're going to stop this cycle of pass the buckmanship, yeah, um, like you have to recognize that the, the buck stops here because like it's it's easy and maybe convenient to try and kind of outsource <laughs> that responsibility um but and, and um but again recognizing that um you are primarily responsible as a parent for for your child's faith formation i think having some accountability there um you know really can can drive your decision making and people can go about this in different ways so um you know my experience i went to i went to public school as well um it's like but you know our our way of approaching that now is that we're homeschooling our kids but mm-hmm. you know we we may not homeschool our kids indefinitely they may end up going to high school they may, like we still have some decisions to make there um but all of those decisions are really trying to take into account the fact that you know at the end of the day we're responsible mm-hmm. um and even you know even homeschooling them you know they're, they're not getting a lot of their faith formation in you know math and you know the science that we're teaching or like the the you would know, say kind of the core subjects then it's like no a, lo- a lot of the formation in in the faith ha- needs to happen kind of outside of school or like be a part of the rest of our the rest of our life regular life yeah i think i think it's important too when you're talking about homeschooling one of the things that your kids start to see you then as are educators though 
And so they start to look at mom and dad as the source of reason, a source of uh, teaching, of knowledge, of a, a place that they look at for answers, right? And and sometimes if we if if our we have to look at how our relationship is with our kids, and if our relationship is not like my my kids, we have a saying: my kids listen to a lot of podcasts, believe it or not. <laughs> um, and the funny part is they listen to a lot of my podcasts, not necessarily the Catholic Buzz. They do listen to the Catholic Buzz, but not always the Catholic Buzz. Um, it's a, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, though they listen to on a regular basis and then we have a conversation but they I think they do it specifically we have conversations about it it's awesome mm-hmm. um, but they br- like sometimes they bring up issues and problems and things and I'm like wow that's deep like how, how is that going on but they're bringing them to me for an answer I think it's important as parents to realize um, you don't have all the answers I think if, if any parent thinks that they are the perfect parent to know everything I, I, I I don't know what delusion you're living in. I think every single person entering into parenthood is scared for a little bit for the reasons that they don't have all the answers. Mm. And the parents that are more comfortable with being parents are realizing that they don't have the, all the answers, but that they're willing to either find them or or discover what, you know, like to go looking to find the right yeah. answers, especially when it comes to faith. So for me, when my kids bring up a problem that I don't have an answer to, I have to say, hey, that's a real good question. I don't know. You know what? Let's let's talk to Father Daniele next time, or let's talk to Matt next time. Let's let's see. Let's get an answer there. But I have no idea what that. You know, that's a right. really good thought pondering question. Um, I think it's important that parents can say that to their kids and realize that they don't have to be the be all end all of knowledge for their kids. Teachers, especially teachers in the Catholic school board, but teachers, I think play from that same responsibility and role. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we have a hard time with is that as parents and as teachers, as educators, we have a hard time saying, I don't know the answer. Because yeah. you're supposed to. And then and, and kids are looking to you for that. So what happens is what either comes out of your mouth is uh, a f- like what you interpret to be what the church teaches. Or like if you don't know, it's something made up because <laughs> you don't know. Or you're able to say, like either something made up or you're able to say to the kid, I don't know, but I'll find the answer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It goes right back to what you guys are saying. It goes right back to the catechism of the Catholic Church. Yeah, the parents are the primary teachers, yeah. uh, educators of their children. And, and the catechism actually says some beautiful things, right? Starting from uh, paragraph 2222. Uh, all the way down to two, two, three, one, right? So, but this is really one that I really like. Uh, number one, it says, through the grace of the sacrament of marriage, parents receive the responsibility and privilege of evangelizing their children. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool. beautiful? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then <clears throat> later on, <clears throat> excuse me, later on it says that uh, uh, education in the faith by parents should begin in a child's earliest years. Okay, so this happens when family members help one another to grow in faith by the witness of the Christian life in keeping with the gospel, right? And it talks about how parents have the mission of teaching their children to pray, discover their vocation, and to be part of the parish community, hmm. right? Like you said, all these things, they pick up they, they, they pick up the example of going uh, to being part of a parish community. And, and, and I really think that. I, I think that if parents want to raise their children in the Catholic faith, there's there are opportunities at your parish where it can supplement, if not really take over fully, mm-hmm. the teaching of of the faith. To mm-hmm. like, there's youth programs, there's children's liturgies, um, there's teen programs, there's all these sort of age group programs where kids can have those conversations about faith and deepen their faith. And not only that, but to find friends who practice the same faith or who at least are trying yeah. to strive for holiness, right? So to encourage that, I think is really amazing. 
but you know what happens to parents who aren't going to church you know they they Mm -hmm. want they want their kids to learn about jesus they're not going to church they don't know where to start that's what they do they send them to catholic school right so what can parents do at at home uh you know we have to be an example i think part of being an example is we have to say to ourselves okay if we're going to be an example for our children of faith then we have to take that on as a family Mm. to start start new habits like to start saying okay we're going to go check out that church on sunday or whatever it might be we're going to try and get involved we're going to try and do this as a family um maybe start going to the socials or start going to whatever and then sneak into mass or whatever it might be if you haven't if you feel uncomfortable going Uh, but there's there's something at your local parish that can help uh raise your children in the catholic faith but it has to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it well, has to start. Yeah, I, I think we said in our, our episode on tithing, it's like um, uh, that if, if you want to raise generous kids, you know, be generous. If you, if you want to raise faithful kids, you know, be faithful, be that example. Yeah. Um, I think you were saying, and, and the catechism uh, uh, articles as well, um, saying that there's kind of like a natural progression from... Um, you know, from like that really, really early childhood development to you, you want your children to become, you know, contributing functional members of a parish, of a faith community um, that, you know, as parents, we need to recognize that we don't have all the answers. Yeah. It was like, but, you know, that, uh, and uh, you're a little bit further along in that journey than I am. I, I haven't really hit that expiry <laughs> date where, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're asking the questions. Um, but I, I think, uh, and something that homeschooling enables us to do um, is that it allows us to not just give them the answers, but give them the tools to find the answers themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that like, and I, again, if you're involved in homeschooling communities, there, there's a lot of different reasons and like a range of reasons that people homeschool, some of which is to, um, you know, cut, cut their kids off from the world because, you know, there's scary things out there. You know, the, the school system isn't what they think it should be. Um, and it's, and, and in some cases just kind of driven by, a lot of fear, um, but you know, having having that environment that you know you can you can protect your kids from that, like, but yeah. that's a short term solution. Like you 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 can create that environment where you're actually preparing them to encounter the world. You're preparing them to you know enter a parish and, and actually develop their own identity, develop their own faith, and hopefully that's you know a combination of you know the information that you give them, but more so kind of the, the witness or you know living out your vocation. Yeah. Um, to you know, uh, form them um, as as faithful. Uh, I like what you say there because yeah. that's 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 it exactly. It's it be in the world, not of the world, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But they have to learn to be in the world. Yeah. Because otherwise, they are. I mean, so you talked about being viewed as the religious nuts. Well, you can be viewed that way just by going to mass on Sunday, right? Sure. But mm. but it is like they are going to encounter opposition and problems in their faith, and it might be as simple as going to school and. Them saying, "Oh, uh, we don't. Let's pray the Our Mother who art in heaven prayer <laughs> versus Our Father who art in heaven." And I, like that was an experience I had at high school, and I had right. to stand up against my teacher and talk to them about, like, "Well, wait, wait a second. And like, "No, no, but God doesn't have a gender." And like that was a discussion that we had in front of a religion class, um, me in grade nine, to my teacher who was bringing these ideas forward and stuff, and having to have a, a discussion, an argument. But then I would have to go home and ask my parents, like, "Like, okay, how do I defend this? Like, mm-hmm. how do I, you know?" And they, um, but it was it was a tr- like. They're going to, if they've never received that, if everything's hunky-dory, you know, it's kind of like uh, when you hear about the trees 
um, they're trying to dro- grow grow trees in the um, oh I forget where it was it's, it's like in a greenhouse kind of thing and um, as soon as they brought the trees like as soon as they took the greenhouse away and they left the trees there they all blew over and they were trying to figure mm. out what the heck is going on why aren't these trees standing up properly why aren't these trees growing properly and it was because the trees like they let them grow for five or six years in these greenhouse environments and then they remove all the cover and everything away and what they're realizing was they weren't used to stress or wind so the wind was actually causing these roots to grow down strong and firm and understand and mm. be able to defend and uphold and keep the tree growing straight when the wind was blowing hard. And what they instead, what they were doing was they were growing without any of these stressors on them. And then when they were given the real thing, they just blew right over, you know. Mm. And so it's important as parents to, to raise your kids in the world, but not of the world. Mm. Um, and you do that through example. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, one of the biggest examples of my life, and it's probably where I get a lot of what I came from, um, not only my parents, but but specifically I remember my grandfather. My grandfather used to go to the church and work at the men's club and the Knights of Columbus and that type of thing. And and I, I attribute one of the things when I think back to why I wanted to be a Knights of Columbus or be part of the men mm-hmm. that help out with the parish and the church and everything else was because of the experiences that I had with my grandfather in the Knights of Columbus. He would bring me along in grade seven, grade eight, whatever, to do all this stuff. And the guys there were great. Like they mm-hmm. they knew me as Josh, the grade seven, eight year old kid that came along with his grandfather, but they mm-hmm. knew me as my own identity. And that was one of the first times uh, living out my faith became my own because mm-hmm. my grandfather brought me along, but but wasn't, it wasn't a forceful thing. It wasn't, and, and so to this day, I'm one of the guys that help out with the Knights of Columbus, and and my kids, I bring my kids along for that exact mm-hmm. reason, you know, to help out every time I do something with the church if I can bring them. I think it's living out through example. Mm-hmm. Can you guys share a little bit about what it looks like in your family um, to raise your kids Catholic? Mm-hmm. Like, what are some of the things you did? Because I know your kids; they're yeah. quite faithful, you know. Mm-hmm. Like what? What are some of the things you do? Because parents at home might be saying, "Well, what the heck am I supposed to do?" You know, like how do I start? So, and I know there's lots to it. <clears throat> You've been raising kids Breaking for a lo- many years, but can you give us a few things that that are helpful for your families? Um, the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, uh, well, I'll say two things. Okay, the, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, actually uh, developing a habit of prayer with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we have good morning Jesus prayers, um, and you know, we all, we all sit down, um, but it's not just, you know, this is the list of prayers that we say and we go through them, you know, <laughs> so that we can get our day started. Um, you know, they each have an opportunity to go through their own intentions to pick something to pray for. And, you know, sometimes it's their stuffy, sometimes it's the dog, sometimes like, um, <laughs> but it, it gets them in the habit of you know, thinking for themselves, you know, what do you want to offer up your day for? Um, what do you want to pray for today? Um, and we do that, um, you know, throughout the day. Um, the other thing is that um, we have, uh, yeah, 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 I'm going to add two more things here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, no, 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 they're, they're related. Um, but the, the, the second thing is that we just have kind of uh, an open policy on questions. They can ask us anything mm-hmm. about anything, anytime. Um, and our oldest is the only one who's kind of leveraged that policy uh, so far. But um, it really, like, um, when they're not afraid or they're not, you know, scared of what their parents are going to think if they ask this question, um, it really opens the, um, your perspective as a parent to, like, what your child's actually thinking about, what they're concerned yeah, about, what they're, them. yeah, and, like, um, if they're not hiding anything way because, you know, they, they're worried about what you're going to think about them. Um, the other thing that we do um, that's kind of like that um, is that we don't actually shelter them from a ton of media. 
or like, well, if, if, oh, and we're not, we're not watching <laughs> many risque things in the first place. Um, but like, well, you know, we'll watch Star Wars with them or we'll watch like, it will, yeah. um, and of course we make sure it's reasonably age appropriate. Um, but we won't necessarily kind of, um, just shut off the, the outside world from them. You know, we'll play video games, with, but they have the opportunity to stop at any point and we can explain anything that's going on. Yeah. If they're frightened, you're like, you can explain, you know, it's just actors in ketchup packets. Like it's, it's, um, so, <laughs> yeah. so I, I, again, it's, 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 we're hopefully we're giving them the tools to encounter, you know, things that they wouldn't otherwise be exposed to, but we're doing it alongside them. We're, we're kind of modeling that for them. You're shepherding. I, I got Can I say right there? Yeah. A hundred percent. Everything you just said that we do the same opening up with prayer to, um, exposing them to the real world with you there yeah. so that you can, you are their, you're their guide, you're their mentor, you're their, the person that says, okay, so then, and then sometimes I explain, depending again, age appropriate, I have teenagers now. And so sometimes there's difficult decisions to be made and they can hear me and my wife talking about it. And so we're very open. Uh, we don't hide things from our mm-hmm. kids hardly at all. I mean, again, depending on respect of, of privacy and things like that. But for a lot of times, like if we're struggling with something, me and my wife, let's say, are struggling maybe with finances or struggling with it, we're very open about it and not in a bad way. Like in a, this is this is what it's at. This is where we're at. This is We're going to offer this up in prayer right now. Mm-hmm. So we're, if you guys can, you know, or... Um, um, uh, their family members going through rough times, whether it be separation, divorce, those types of things, then we're going to, we are very open. Those are real world things that happen. Mm-hmm. So we talk about what does this mean? What does this look like? What does the church teach about this? And we're able to actually, so my 10 year old was asking me some questions. We, we had some um, very deep discussions just recently with some of the things that were going on with family. And, um, I, I'm going to the dump. I have to go to the dump and go to the... And normally what happens is the boys pack the trailer and all the dump stuff, and then I go to the dump. And if they want to come with me, it seems to be the car rides for me that, that the boys seem mm-hmm. to want to sit along and ask questions for. And it's always... So my, my 9, 10-year-old, he goes, uh, can I come with you to the dump? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Okay, we're going to the dump. And sometimes I really want to just be by myself and listen to audiobooks <laughs> as I go to the dump. You know, like, i got to be honest, I enjoy that driving by myself time. But at the same time, I really do love talking with them. So it's like, no. And, and, and sure enough that whole ride all the way the 15 minutes to the dump and the 15 minutes back from the dump like it's a half hour plus when we're unloading and stuff was just me and him talking and it was talking about some of the things that he heard in the conversation that we were having in the house um and he really wanted to know like what what is what does this mean or what does this happen and and we have the same thing open there's no stupid question you can ask us anything and if i don't know an answer i'm going to tell you i don't know an answer or um so sometimes they ask like when they're at a certain age, they ask uh, questions about sex or things. Mm-hmm. And we try to be as direct with them as possible without alluding. Like there is a certain level of detail. You have to yeah. realize that when a four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old asks you about where babies come from, there's a very simple, easy explanation because all they're looking for is some sort of answer. Mm-hmm. So you say, well, when mommy and daddy, they, they love each other and they, you know, they give each other a kiss and then uh, the baby comes. Like <laughs> and God, God knows that they're ready for a baby and then the baby comes. And, and that to them... Boom. That's all you have to tell a kid at a certain age. Yeah. Eventually, you have to get into more detail. Um, unfortunately, my kids are growing up. It's just thinking that they kiss each other on the wedding night, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, like, <laughs> now you may kiss the bride, and then they're pregnant. That's how it happens. <laughs> but uh, no. But, but you can get in as they get older, and you can get into deeper detail yeah. with that. But um, being open and giving them a very direct answer, so that, but not, not a false answer either. Like, yeah. when we talk about the birds and the bees, it, it's all, you know... Um, 
allegorical, if you will, or, yeah. you know, it, we don't do that. We, we answer very straightforward as much as straightforward as I can. But like I said, there's a kiss and they don't need to know details yeah. on that, but that's the, and, and then when they get older and they start thinking about it a little bit more, then we go into deeper details. Yeah. The other thing that I'll say is discipline really comes into play. I mm-hmm. think, um, you have to, you have to be able to discipline your kids and not, not for a reason that you're mad and you want to be able to control them. It has nothing to do with that, but it has to do with their own well-being. Mm-hmm. They have to be able to tell them, like, they can't growing up, they don't come with self-control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't. It's, it's something that is instilled in them from their parents. And so you do that through discipline, which means, okay, no, you did that, you have to go sit on the stairs. Yeah. Just sitting on the stairs and being out of the conversation, using discipline to do that, you're teaching them self-control because they could get off the stairs, but then you go put them back on the stairs. You're showing them, no, you have to keep yourself here. Um, again, it's not to punish them so much. I mean, it is a punishment and you're teaching them right from wrong. But a big part of that is about self-control itself. Mm-hmm. So my kids learn and they can like, so now at the we're at the point where we don't have physical, like you don't spank a 16-year-old, right? Like that just doesn't happen. But I we have a conversation. Definitely when there's problems now, it's, it's like, okay, what did you do wrong? Let's walk through this. And so then oh, I, I punched my brother. Yes, you did. <laughs> Why was that wrong? Well, he no no excuses. Why was it what you did was wrong? Like he did, might, he might have done something wrong. I don't care about him. What did you do, and why was that wrong? Yeah. So we have those conversations about so that they can understand their actions, understand how they affected someone, and then and then I will normally say, yeah, you're right. What he did was wrong. What he did was not okay. How you reacted maybe wasn't okay, right? And so yeah. you explaining, especially when there's siblings involved. I take them alone a lot of times. I not always handle it together. I, I like, okay, you come see me. And then I bring the other one in. You come see me. Sometimes I have to bring them both in just, just so I can actually get the truth out of what the ha- what <laughs> yeah, happened yeah, in the yeah. situation, who hit who first and whatnot. But yeah, so it's talking it through, being open, but being disciplined and specifically talking them through and understanding, like they understand why they did what was wrong was wrong. Is that okay? Now, what are you going to do next time? Yeah. I'm going to do like, yeah, okay. And then if there's a punishment that needs to be had at that point, my, at, at a certain point, my 16 year old doesn't need punishments. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It just doesn't happen anymore. There are some times where I say, okay, the next person to do this gets this punishment and then he'll do it. And then he gets the punishment. Yeah. But you know, like, but for, for the most part, like if he reacts to something, I don't have to worry about him. He, he reacts in a way that I am. Um, even my 14 year old, like I've trained them. I've taught them. I've, I've guided them through the decisions that they make. And I'm very proud of the men that they're becoming because I think hopefully I've done it right from the beginning and I've watched the decisions that they are making now in their teenage years. And I think, okay, yeah, I can trust them. My 16 year old is starting to drive soon. And that's kind of like, that's scary, but I'm thinking, no, I I can trust him with this, you know? So a couple of things that I, I enjoyed what you said there was that you're being, uh, you're being straightforward with them, yeah, right. And I like that because uh, kids are finding out things from all over the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, like some parents just hand off the tablet, and that's like the whole day. You don't know what they're watching on <laughs> yeah. online, and they're learning things from other sources, right? And uh, and and maybe in more of a brash way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Then if I like how you say you both journey with your kids, like. You are their parent. Mm-hmm. You're journeying with them. You're you're raising little people, uh, and with you by their side, you are helping them to understand things in a way that represents 
your family values, mm-hmm. right? Like, yes, other people do do this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what we do and here's why or whatever exactly. it might be, mm-hmm. right? The other thing about discipline uh, that uh, when you were talking, I, I also know just from <laughs> being at both your houses that your kids, uh, are, and I don't see this often anymore, have chores. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah, a big yeah. one. And... <laughs> And that I don't see very often. Like I know me and my brothers had chores uh, growing up, but when they're contributing to the life of the, of the house and yeah. the family, you know, and everyone has their own little thing, uh, their own little task, it, it, there's a responsibility that's included there. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. yeah. And I see that in your children. Giving them responsibility, I think is a big one too. And realizing yeah. like, so even kind of one of the things I know talking about with Matt and Teresa Marie, um, a lot of times we'll talk because we have kids that are just a little bit older, but then I'll be like, okay, what does Jojo, because Josiah and uh, Noah are about the same age, what do we let Jojo do? Because yeah. for us, he's number four in line. Whereas in for, for Matt and Teresa Marie, he's the first, right? And I, I remember with Zach breaking ground going, is he able to do this? Is yeah. this something we can trust him with? And checking with Daryl, actually. Uh, and ch- like checking with someone who's already been through it and being like, what do you do with your kid at this yeah. age? Okay, yeah, okay. That's, that, like we're being responsible parents here, right? Yeah. Um, but having that and but giving them responsibilities. All my kids cook clean like they're gonna make amazing husbands like my wife has done really good at, at, at but they like they cook they clean they do their own laundry like, so they have a chore list so every day my wife and i uh, i'm gonna say my wife to be honest uh does our laundry and very specifically like my dress clothes and her her work clothes and those types of things but everything else in the house gets washed by the boys so all the towels all the linens all that stuff gets through with them they, they do all those chores they fold the laundry they put the laundry in they do all the dishes in the house they also cook all the meals like, so my wife and I will cook some meals, but for the most part, they would probably, I would say that every single person in my house cooks at least once me, one meal once a week, uh, mm-hmm. like for the family, you know what I mean? And, and that's from the 10 year old. Sometimes that's grilled cheese and macaroni <laughs> yeah. tomatoes or craft dinner or something. Yeah. Uh, but even to like the 16 year old and they, and they actually like watch and they look up recipes and they do that on purpose. And, and, and we critique them uh, on their yeah. recipes. Now, normally <laughs> it's not critique, critique uh, because they also, Ramsey. yeah, it's not Gordon Ramsay style, but uh, you sometimes stop, we you do stop it. publishing it in the paper. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Part of that too, is to realize, because you know what? It's really, I mean, one of the things that they've learned really quickly is they make a crappy meal how are they treated at that time? You know, like everyone's like, oh, this is awful. Well, they just slaved all day over this meal right. and everything else. So then when mom makes a crappy meal or dad makes a crappy meal or or one of the brothers and sisters make a meal, uh, one of their uh, brothers make a meal, that's not so great. They're like, well, it's edible. Well, like, like, like they, they don't go into teasing or bugging or anything right. else because they're, they're starting to like put two and two, like I might make a bad meal. Once in a while. Once in a while and yeah. that happens. Yeah. And another thing, uh, just uh, to... Uh, touch on what both you said um is that like it's it's one thing to like um uh train your kids to recognize that work is is a very real part of life mm-hmm. uh, but it's like we were saying but like journeying alongside them and it's like you know, you're not just putting your feet up and delegating all of the household yeah. uh, tasks to the kid because like um but uh um come back to what you said about like discipline um, that it's that's something you need to journey alongside them with. It's not like you know we figured everything out and you need to learn the rules. And it's like we're we're coming up on the season of Lent that like we have an opportunity to kind of model you know self discipline yeah. um, and you know 
being being realistic with them like sometimes this is hard mm-hmm. yeah. um, so like for for kids to witness they're like okay no our, our parents are striving for holding it's like they don't just have everything figured out um you know same, same with the same with the chores they're like okay we can't expect them to do anything we're not doing ourselves so we need to model work like so like all of the areas that we want to properly form our kids in you know we need to we need to act with integrity as well all right well uh, i gotta cut you guys off because we're way uh out of time today but thanks for sharing some of the things that uh, you're doing at home uh, to raise your children and uh i I think it's i think it's a beautiful thing i think it's a beautiful thing when parents journey with their children and parents take the responsibility of being an example of faith but also an example of uh, good christian people and Mm. i i think that's you know the lord shows us an example of that and you guys as parents are the the example for your children so i think it's really cool that you guys shared some of what you do of course that's not an exhaustive list you right so if people have uh, maybe some tips that they want to share with us you can leave a comment on this video or on our facebook or instagram page as well or if you disagree with josh or matt <laughs> uh, about how they parent you can also leave a comment definitely there or if you have another idea for another episode of the catholic buzz you can drop it to us there or send us an email at askusatthecatholicbuzz.com. That's all the time we got. So my name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined always by Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milgen. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz. Mm-hmm.